and welcome to Echoes of Glory Season 8, Episode 24. I'm Jack. I'm Sam. And I'm Kevin. So we're going to start tonight's show by talking about pundits. So there's been a lot in the press recently about female pundits, um, bias pundits, the media loving with Liverpool, all of this stuff. So what I want to talk about first is, who's your favourite pundit, either on Sky Sports, BT, the radio journalist that you like reading his stuff who would you say is your favourite Sam I'll come to you first uh, my favourite pundit would have to be JJ purely purely for biased reasons um, I just like having someone that sticks up for Spurs really mm-hmm. um, unbiased option I really really like Martin Keown as a pundit I think he, he's really really knowledgeable even though, that he's former even though he's former scum he's very very level headed in the games and we'll say it is, it is unlike a lot of Arsenal pundits mm-hmm. I'm sure Dad you're going to come on to now but oh, they're, yes. they're my yeah. favourites um, I love Graham Souness probably because um, especially Woolwich under former Bingo. Spurs uh, midfielder <laughs> well yeah the one match yeah the one match but um, I always used to, uh, I, he came up with a, a classic when he was talking about Woolwich and he said um uh, this set of players never failed to disappoint and, and that was brilliant but I like him I, I think he's quite good I also really enjoy for. his hatred for Theo Walcott yes as well yeah, it's yeah. fantastic yeah, he's he, always he, digging Walcott out yeah he said it took him 10 years to score 100 goals what's all he's that a, about he said he needs to calm yeah. down <laughs> doesn't he yeah. um, I like him but um, I think Alan Shearer's improved immensely as a pundit on Match of the Day really do you I think do, I do I, I really think, think he has extremely um, dull Shearer I like I do like Ian Wright as a pundit yeah, because yeah, I think he one. wears his heart on his sleeve. Um, and when he's talking about Tottenham playing well, he always says, he always says, oh, I, I don't like saying this, but I've got to say they are playing well, begrudgingly and things like that. Hates, hate pundits. Um, Robbie Savage. Um, Chris I'm Sutton. Not a big oh. fan of Jamie Redknapp. Gary Lineker drives me mad, I have to mm. be honest. As a presenter, I think he's too smug. Thierry Omri was absolutely <laughs> uh, dreadful as a pundit. I thought he was okay at interviewing players, dreadful as a pundit. Well, he's even worse as a manager. Um, well, yeah. I, We're I, split on Omri, aren't we? You, you are split. Because I quite um, like Omri as a pundit. What do you like about him? I like Omri when, when he's not watching an Arsenal game, looking at attacking analysis. Mm. I think it's really interesting because... You hate him because he's, he played for the scum. He was one of the best strikers to ever he play in the Prem. He did a fantastic piece on Monday Night Football where he analysed his own game when he was playing for Barcelona. Yeah. And Pep Guardiola's vision yeah, was that incredible. He talked about how he, there was one game in the Champions League. They were playing away. It might have been CSK Moscow, someone like that. Was a, yeah, he was playing out wide. Messi was through the middle. And I think David Villa maybe on the other side. And he said... He got in at half time there, one nil up. He'd scored. He said he f- he was everywhere. He said he it was one of the best forty five minutes I've played. Pep took him off. Said to him, "I want my wide men wide, not going over to the other side of the pitch." So he subbed him at half time. That's the kind yeah, of yeah, manager Guardiola is. It's just incredible. Like Pep, isn't it? You know, he was berating his team at the weekend. Oh, I absolutely. think you know probably because of only been four nil yeah. half time. But yeah, sorry, yeah, we split on. Yeah, I I. I I think the Sky needs, especially when they're showing live games, you know, how many times are they going to wheel out Alan Smith to do our games? Mm-hmm. That drives me insane. And he's, you can feel, because he's an ex-Arsenal player, he's willing the other team on, mm. like anyone else would. Can't would, blame you know? him, yeah. So I love it when, obviously, when the great man, when he's well enough, Glenn Hoddle, when he's back on TV, I love it when he's doing our games because he refers to us as we. Mm. And, I, and I love that. 
Um, and I've got no, you know, I don't want to have Alan Swift doing Arsenal games. Absolutely fine because you know most of the time I don't bother watching them. Mm. So you know. Yeah. Any any me. others that stand out, or that's pretty much your list. Just off the top, just off the top of my head, I, I think Sky at the weekend they had like three Liverpool players. I was going to say that. Such you know, a Liverpool love. Soonest Redknapp and Carragher all mm. all on the same, doing the same game, yeah. you know. And I just think that's a little bit too much. I think it's nice when you have a team on. So you have like tonight they've got Wolves and Newcastle. If you have two ex players, yeah, one. Oh, you might have a third player where you've got one of the regular pundits as well. Yeah. So I always I think like it's that. good when they get a player that's played for both sides on as well, because yeah. that that is general balance, isn't it? Like Spurs, Newcastle the other week, like the perfect pundit would have been genius, wouldn't it? If he'd yeah. been on BT, yeah. Yeah. And he's played for both. I put this out on social media earlier, so I had some great responses as usual. So um, Becky THFC uh, said on Twitter, uh, "Hate Alan Smith." Why we have a gooner commentating on all our games yeah, is beyond me. Well done, um, surprisingly, I like Gary Neville, who's usually very fair and talks sense. Yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. yeah. I yeah. quite like Gary Neville. Yeah, yeah. I, think he's a, I think he's a good pundit. And friend of the show, Giles Edwards, he said, um, I think Graham Soonis is top and Lineker. Thierry is slash was surprisingly articulate and talks sense. Yeah. And Neville has his moments. For least fave, see BT Sport and all of the ex Liverpool players. <laughs> Owen McManaman, Savage. Brilliant. Um, yeah, so good comments there from Giles. <laughs> and then on Facebook, as we had some good response on there, um, Stato, uh, he's called out Chris Waddle, said very, very good on Five Live. Uh, he doesn't like Dean Saunders and Paul Ince. We were talking about Chris Waddle, actually, Chris wasn't Waddle was we, great before shout. we come on. And um, Mrs. Latchford was saying how good um, he was as, yeah. as, as on the yeah. radio. And she was also calling out David Pleat as well, wasn't she? Saying it's interesting how Stato talks about Dean Saunders because you, you actually quite like listening to him on Talk Sport. Talk Sport, I quite like him um, over morning. I could, I could probably see him being a very biased mm. pundit when it comes down to the teams he cares about. But yeah, I quite like He's good on Talk Sport mainly because he just calls out Alan Brazil for being so overweight. Yeah, it's pretty quite good. Um, <laughs> Javad on Facebook, host of the Tottenham Hotspur Family Podcast. Uh, Harry Redknapp's his favourite, always t- talks well of us, and JJ too. Uh, Liam Rossini and Craig Bellamy seem knowledgeable and talk more common sense than mm-hmm. most. Um, uh, and he likes Tim Sherwood for the lull factor. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the rest are anti-Spurs and pretty forced, so can all collectively jump off a cliff. Wow. Um, there we go. Uh, Daryl on Facebook, Jermaine Genus is his favourite, yeah. and um, Jamie Carragher is his least favourite. And... Uh, Andrew Miller on Facebook has said he hates Charlie Nicholas as he's so oh. anti-Spurs. <laughs> also not a fan of Sooness or Merson as every week on Soccer Saturday he's essentially acting as agent just trying to sell our best players <laughs> and talk to a load of rubbish. I, 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 Merson's a good one. If, if, if ever I'm around on a Saturday afternoon and Soccer Saturday's on, I try and avoid it now because I'm fed up with... So off, so, isn't it? Yeah, I'm fed up with that and Phil Thompson up and on about Liverpool... So there's other programmes you can watch now. Yeah. A couple of pundits that haven't been mentioned that I love listening to. Owen Hargreaves, yeah. who's maybe not the most articulate, but you listen to him talking about you know, Tom's names oh, at yeah, Bayern yeah. Munich or Man United. And I think, yeah. I, I don't know, he's, I just really like listening to him. It's interesting. And um, Roy Keane. He's another one. He's just I love Ricky. Says it how it is, doesn't he? He says it how it is. He's he was a Marmite player and he's a Marmite pundit. And you know, unfortunately, we're not going to see as much of him on TV anymore because he's taken the job at Knott's Forest. Um, But I think he's brilliant. But but Roy Keane's press conferences were legendary, weren't they? When he he was at Ireland and when he was even going back to Ipswich. I mean, the whole thing about Robbie Keane, the one having the baby. If you haven't seen that, look that up. I'll actually send. I'll send the video round um, on Twitter. 
of the best moments of Roy Keane in press conferences because yeah. it's hilarious. Yeah. Um, so thanks everyone for your contributions. There's a yeah. loads more, but we haven't got time to get through all of them. Um, but this stemmed from all of the criticism on social media that <clears> female <throat> pundits, and in particular Alex Scott's been getting over the last month or so, which is absolutely disgusting, if I'm being totally <laughs> honest. Well, I mean, I mean, it's, I, I actually, I really like her as a pundit. I think yeah. she's great. And people have been, you know, slagging off saying, oh, you know, you didn't play the men's game. Of course you didn't. What What do you know about men's football? It's like, well, she's played football at the highest level. Um, she's won arguably, she's won more silverware than most of the regular pundits that do that show anyway. So if you want to talk about someone being on the show because of what they've achieved in the game, she deserves to be on the just that, out of and merit. And that, for me, is fundamentally the biggest point, that this is, in, in any job that you work in, you want to be there on merit. Yeah. And you can't say that she is not being employed by Sky on merit, because all these pundits... These, and the BBC. All these male pundits that, you know, are, are on Sky Sports, BT or whatever, they're all there because they were top players. Yeah. yeah. That, that's how you get your job. She was a top player. You know, like you said, Sam, she's won everything domestically. She's got 70-odd caps for England, played at World Cups, like, achieved as much as any of the pundits in that studio. Arguably put together, she's won more than lots of the people that she's on with. So the treatment that there's been on social media has just been absolutely appalling. And it just makes you think, you know, what kind of world are we actually living in where, yeah. you know, somebody that's qualified to do the job is getting slagged off because she's a woman. I, I just, I, I find it, it really, really bothers it's me. And it's just, it's, it's, it's terrible. And I thought that, you know, what better place to voice our thoughts on it than on the podcast? Yeah. Because it's that, not yeah. right. It's not right. Um, no, it's not. And anybody that, you know, thinks that she shouldn't be on there, you just need, really need to have a look at yourself. Because I just, I, I can't figure out the mindset of no, why you'd no. want to go on social media and abuse her for you know, doing a job that she's employed to do. And I'm not saying you have to like her. No. You don't have to. And we've just talked about yeah. pundits then. We've all but got differing to... opinions yeah. on them. You have to respect what she's achieved. Dad, you hate Thierry Henry and think he's a rubbish pundit, but you respect what he's achieved oh, yeah. in the game he's and you understand that. why he's on there yeah. as a pundit. I think it is disgusting. I think it's a, in a generational thing of, no offence, Dad, but a lot of guys from your generation yeah. not being able to adapt to how social media and how football is now televised I, in the modern day I, I think it's disgusting I just think it's incredibly sad that people have got so much time on their hands yeah. so they've got nothing better to do with their time I think it's brilliant that there are female pundits I think it's brilliant that we're getting more black pundits on, on the yes. telly as well and you know the, the more diverse it can be the better like that's what Definitely. we want we don't want free male, white, ex-Liverpool players sat around all saying the same no, thing. But how, bo- how boring does that mean? We all love it when we watch a game and there's an incident in the first half and at half-time the pundits look like they want to get into an altercation with each other because they disagree so much. That's yeah. what makes good yeah. Which is TV. like we've been disagreeing that's the, what I'm makes, sure pundits. Yes, yeah. that's the beauty of football though. Football as a sport and as a game is diverse. Anyone of any age, culture, race, gender can play the game and I think that there's only a small... Um, demographic being allowed to pundit is a joke to be honest I think though as as, you know there's obviously more black players playing nowadays than there was 10 years ago and 10 years before that so as as that generation filters through then then that should you know you should get more uh, black pundits on on TV as that that generation filters through but I've got a lot of respect and admiration for Alex Scott actually for not only you know taking this taking all these comments on social media but you know coming out and speaking out against it and 
you know, like go on her Twitter page if you haven't and just read and it's like, yeah. I think she's fantastic. She's, I think she's a great role model for anybody in football or anybody that is in a, works in an industry or a sector that is difficult for you to break into. I think, you know, try and read as much stuff as she's putting out there because I think, yeah, I've got a lot of time for Definitely. it. Definitely. Um, we've got a very, very tasty game to review uh, from the weekend, which was the Leicester game, yeah. um, which was, you know, one of... I was there yesterday and it was one of the, my favourite games of the season. It was a proper Premier League game. <laughs> Lots of British players on show as well, which I think always makes for an entertaining spectacle because, you know, there's lots of big challenges. Yeah. Like the Leicester centre-halves, Maguire and Evans, like, you know what you're going to get out of them. Winks in midfield, Rove, Trippier. There's a, a lot of English players on show, which I think thinks excellent. Um, I was surprised initially when um, the teams came out and Toby was on the bench. I was really, really surprised at that, just given the stature of how fantastic he is. Sanchez and Vertonghen in at centre-half. Interestingly, I believe it was that pairing that played against Leicester at Wembley last year when we conceded four. So I was a little bit worried, thinking Corey mm. shipped a load of goals in that crazy end-of-the-season yeah. game last yeah. year. Um, and the game started, and you know what? The first 20 minutes, they battered us. They really did. They created a couple of chances... Harvey Barnes, who was playing on the left wing for Leicester, who had a pretty good game, he couldn't finish. Apart from the fact he couldn't put the ball in the He net. couldn't finish, yeah. but you know, he had a pretty good game. And this is a guy who, only a few months ago, was on loan at West Brom, playing under Darren Moore, and got a great you know, run of games there. Leicester called him back, and he's you know, shown that he can do it in the top flight. So that's another player that, you know, there's, there's talent in the lower leagues, you just got to give him an opportunity. Um, so I thought he caused us quite a few problems. We were playing out from the back and Leicester weren't afraid to press us, which this might sound a bit strange, a bit backwards, but as a fan being there, I want to see those kind of sides pressing us. The whole point of playing out from the back. It's it, why we do it. It's, a bit, it's, a, it's almost a trick, isn't it, from, Definitely. from Poch, um, that you play out from the back and encourage the sides to come and press you and you can play round them or get in the channels. Um, but for the first 25 minutes of the game, really, we couldn't really play out the press. And it ended up being a set piece, which opened the scoring short corner, um, I which I, I love a short corner. I love a short corner. Um, Trippier to Ericsson, lovely, angle, lovely ball, ball in. Um, and Sanchez just wanted it more, ultimately, got his head on it. First goal for Spurs. We were all saying in the ground, actually, Steve, I sit next to, we were saying, trying to figure out if he'd scored for us or not and we couldn't remember him scoring and then found out naturally that was his first goal so. great celebration as well great celebration um, great player though Sanchez like, I feel like he gets overlooked a lot like he's 2021. He's so so he's a so fantastic good. fantastic centre half um, and hopefully he's going to be with us for many years so getting um, half time 1-0 up and you're thinking alright match of the same second half hopefully we can kick on a little bit keep the ball a little bit better um, but the second half actually started quite similar to the first in terms of Leicester really pressed us high, went for it. Um, they got the penalty, uh, which was you know an amazing moment. You know, Fardy strips and ready to come on off the bench, comes on for the penalty. It's his first touch. He's giving it as he you know as he's coming on. There was a shot on match of the day last night, which is as he's waiting to take the penalty, Danny Rose is behind him, Talking getting in his ear. ear. He's, yeah. and he re- I don't know what he but he gets in his head because the penalty from Vardy was called him out with Steptoe was I pretty I mean it was a pretty poor penalty did you think it was live watching the game did you think it was a penalty because we me and you dad we disagreed we were watching the game yeah. and we disagreed on whether we thought well, it was a penalty or not but live did you think it was I'm a penalty I'm down the other end of the ground when yeah, that incident difficult. happened and I actually thought 
that what he'd given was because I know Winks was on the floor, so it was difficult for me to say. I thought right. Winks had maybe handballed it or something right, like that. Right. I didn't really know what had happened because I'm down yeah. the other end of the ground. Um, I've seen it since. It's soft. For me, it's the same as the Sun one in the first half. What Sun got booked for diving. There's contact, but. Yeah, there's there's not enough contact to go down on either of them and you should be staying on your feet in that situation but the problem with that is you stay on your feet should you'll you? never get it if Madison doesn't go down off that time the contact you cannot debate is not enough to put him on the floor but he can say I've got a right if there's contact I've got a right to go down exactly. and it's it's one of them that's what modern football is you can love it you can hate it Omri and Pierre did it at Arsenal for years yeah. and they were the ones that brought it in but, and they were the masters of doing it but the penalty was a fantastic moment and we were actually saying waiting for Vardis to take it we could only remember Loris saving one penalty for us which was against Monaco years ago in the Champions League I, I didn't fancy him I, I, yeah. I like never do Vardis normally quite good from penalties he hits the ball Really hard, so I always have no confidence when there's someone that comes up and properly strikes. A lot of penalties in the Premier League, though, are put away, just given yeah, it's the highest it. level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were, we was watching it in the pub, me and Sam, and uh, I sat there and never fancy Hugo on penalties. No, never but fancy. It's a bit, it's a bit a really, really good. Yeah, weren't a great penalty, weren't in the corner, but it was still a very, very good. It was save. a very good save, and Loris, you know, he had a. a, a that was one of the best games I've seen him have for us because he made a save from Barnes two or three score, minutes later when Barnes was clean through and I mean he should have scored but it was brilliant goalkeeping he stayed up stayed yeah. big and saved it and you know they're two big moments like we, we could have found ourselves 2-1 down in the game at that point and we got up the other end and you know Ericsson scores Lorente who I don't think had his best game for us although he was being fouled by Maguire for the whole game and the referee wasn't given anything. Uh, can I just say something about the fouls? When we was watching it on TV, it was at 60 minutes, we'd only been given two free kicks. Yeah. We'll, we'll, 60 we'll, minutes. we'll come on to the, the overall refereeing yeah. performance in a minute. Um, but I didn't think Lorente had his, had his best game, but he's involved in the second goal. Yeah. I, where he makes it, gets it, finds himself a bit of pocket of space, lays it off. It's a brilliant finish from Ericsson. Absolutely brilliant. I mean, uh, he had a much better game because I think the last half a dozen games his performances haven't been that great, Ericsson. But the way he strikes it was just is a sensational I finish. I expected it to go in, to be honest, when he's around the area of the box. How, you know many, you've got got a how many goals has Ericsson scored around the edge of the box like that and putting the ball I in the corner? I think that's a weakness of Schmeichel when you get shots like that. Kane did him on a few, didn't he? Hit him early. He beat him about, beat about yeah. you know, 10-1 when he yeah, beat yeah, 6-1 yeah. up there. And... A lot of shots just taken early on the edge of the box like that. So I think that's something we've worked on. Yeah. And again, it's very similar. He was nowhere near it, was he? You know, yeah. It was a cracking goal. And then, you know, at 2-0, I'm thinking, oh, that's, 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 game, that's game over, really. You know, like, we've survived their spell. They've missed a penalty. We've gone up the other and I'm thinking that was pretty much done. But fair play to Leicester. They came back. And Ricardo, who caused Trippier quite a lot of problems most of the afternoon, actually. I didn't think Trippier was fantastic. No, he was poor. Um, he gets a... He get, you know, he gets a an overlap running, fizzes the crossing, Vardy's on the end of it, it's 2-1. Um, and from that point, you know, like all of a sudden the game changes. It's mad what a goal does to a football game because mm. we were in such control at 2-0. They score one, everyone gets nervous, defence drops. See, I, I actually thought, we, like you said, we were sitting in the pub watching it and when the goal goes in, you went into melt. You were nervous, weren't yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. As, as, as every Spurs one. fan is yeah. when, a goal, when a team gets a goal back in you the game. You should never lose a 2-0 lead, that's right. I'm struggling to think. After it went two one, I don't know, but 
How many saves did Loris have to make? I don't think he made None any. That I couldn't there was save. there was what there was one big chance they had, which was Vardy, where a cross got played back, and he was about on the penalty spot. You took it first time yeah. and put it over, and that was a good chance. And they they looked dangerous the whole game, Leicester, really from set pieces. Yeah, because Maguire. I think that might be the first time I've seen Maguire play live. I've only seen him a couple of times. I have big bloke. He's though. ginormous, yeah. as in he towers over Lorente. Yeah, and Lorente is a is a big. Yeah. Bloke. He must be about six foot four, six foot five. He's Maguire. six six four, I think. Yeah, he's a real, real big but unit. I, I think I think it's something that I've noticed this season with our defence because people people have been saying that we haven't we we've, we've been conceding more goals, which I think we have compared to last season. But I actually think in games where we're under the cosh and you need to as a team in certain situations like we did is go right we haven't got the ball accept it get in and see the game out and I think that's something that we've done extremely well this year and there was I know Leicester were putting the pressure on but I was sitting there thinking all we've got to do is wait for our one chance, take it, and the game's done. You actually said that, didn't you? And, that, and you know what? That's exactly what happened. We soaked the pressure up. Um, they had a lot more territory in the second half, but then we, then we break in the 91st minute. Sissoko with a brilliant clearance that turned out to be one of the passes of the season. Um, Sun's pace... He gets an assist for that, won't he? He does get an assist for that. Sun's pace, you know, like he, yeah. he runs away from pretty much any defender in the world. Certainly Johnny Evans... Um, yeah. they can't get back Schmeichel comes out and tucks it away brilliant 3-1 and you know what I love those moments as a fan where you can see what's about to happen sense of relief and you, the, know, the, you know he's going to tuck but it you, away you know what's going to happen like, as the ball's falling to Sissoko because I'm down the end that Sun yeah. scored so I'm, I can, I'm looking at the whole pitch you see Sun start to make a run and the Leicester defenders slip just before Sissoko plays it and you think if he's put enough on this pass he's in it reminded me of in the Madrid game when Kane got the ball and you saw him look up and Ericsson made the oh, run. Yeah, and, you knew. and you're yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I'm ba- it's about to happen. And it yeah. was the same for the Sun goal. Um, that's the Sun goal. Greatest goal was scored at Wembley. He um, tucks it away, Sun goes crazy. There were loads of Korean supporters sat around yeah. us, which was fantastic when that goal went in because they were going I love the crazy. Korean supporters at Wembley. They're fantastic. They, bring, they bring a great energy to the game. They're fantastic. Great to when see. they announced them at the beginning, didn't they? And you just hear this cheer, didn't you? Yeah. It goes up. It's really it's good. good. And that was it, you know, job done, 3 1. A tough game, another game that we've come through it, taken three points, five points off the top. We are in you know, the title race. You know, we've got a game in hand on City, which is the Burnley game because they've got the cup. They're, yeah, I believe so. And yeah, you great. know what? That that weekend, Liverpool or Old Trafford. I didn't know that. Liverpool or Old Trafford. What so it, you know, if be. we win, City aren't playing, so we go two points behind City. If Liverpool lost to Old Trafford, it would be sixty-five points, points City, sixty-five points Liverpool, sixty-three points Spurs. It's mental. The season that we're having, isn't it? it's absolutely incredible. We're going to win it then. Yeah, yeah, we're going to win it. Well, I, I, I get frustrated with Spurs fans. I've been saying it to you too. Obviously, as a realistic view, we've got to go away to City, away to Liverpool. We've still got to play Chelsea. It's probably not going to happen. But what's the harm in getting a little bit carried away? No, enjoy it. In, enjoy, enjoy the, the moment. moment. We're up there with two, in my opinion, the two best teams in Europe at the moment. And we're pushing them all the way. And if we can be in a position where we go to both of them grounds and they know they have to beat us, all the pressure's on them, mm. you never know what happens. Yeah. I think you've, got, you've got to have a bit of I, belief. I, We've I come do, this far. Yeah. We'll talk to a more negative Spurs fan <laughs> now, but you're just happy that we're keeping the gap between fourth as big as it is, aren't you, really? I, I'm 
delighted where we are. I'm kind of more realistic. Yeah, of course I want us to win the league. And take mid-table. <laughs> <you know, laughs> well. I've, no, I've seen saying, too many guys. years of that. You know, I've seen, you know we've probably got more points now than we used to go over three seasons. <laughs> you know. um, I, yeah, I'm a bit... Real, I, I, I think the Burnley away game, they're playing well now. That, that's now not an easier game than it would have been if we'd have been playing them. It's a game we should still win. Yeah, um, I think we've got five hard games still. I think we've got the three away games that Sam's mentioned. We've got City, Chelsea and Liverpool away. And we've got Woolwich and we've also got West Ham at home. West Ham Good. at home is always a difficult game. And I just think without them five games... We're likely to drop some points, even if we only drop six points out of them five games. Let's It'll say still be brilliant. We're still. I just think that our next three in the Premier League are Burnley away, Chelsea, Chelsea away, Arsenal. Arsenal at home. Yeah, but nine points. You know what? What? How many points did we take out that last season? Nine. What have we got I to also lose think in though, this situation? We're expected to fall away so we can go in these games and just play without any fear Spurs fans know we've already achieved really I think, well this season I think an important thing with them three games it, as, as you quite rightly say if, if we did win all them three games we're we're definitely finishing the top four you know I think we will anyway but that will you know we'll be putting um, Woolwich and Chelsea way back and we've May United, they they may drop. They're going to drop points against against City and Liverpool. Definitely. So I think if we can get ourselves in that position, and when we go and play Liverpool and City, as you quite rightly say, there's no pressure on us. No, no, at you all. know, technically we can afford to lose the game as regards below us. We can't obviously if we want to win the title, but. I don't think I think the pressure's on them. Well, after, I think no one's going to, you know, we're going to turn scar on that day, and they're all going to say, "Oh well, City are going to win, Liverpool yeah, are going to win." Yeah, and it's perfect you know, for so, us. So after those you know, three league games, when we've got the Champions League games sandwiched yeah. in there, we've then got Southampton away and Palace at home. So again, and then we have Liverpool, but then we've got Brighton and Huddersfield, and then it's City. So actually. It's sandwiched apart can quite build nicely. build momentum between the big you games. Can. Southampton are a dreadful team. I think they'll go down. Um, that's a game we should we should be bright at home. But you know, last game of the season, Everton at home. Yes, I know. We'll that, go. Yeah. I mean, you know, we'll go into that knowing you know, win secures the title. And if we don't win Liverpool in the league, do you reckon Everton have put up much Everton of a will, fight that day? Everton have kicked kick the ball in for us. We did it twice at Old Trafford and we laid down and died on both games. And we were all quite happy to see us do that. Because it stopped, it stopped Woolwich winning the title. When you've got nothing to play for, it doesn't matter. But yeah, just get, I'm just uh, trying to urge as many people just to get behind the team. Let's mm. just keep the somewhat race going until we... Till we're out what, of it. What I would like is to see a few more Spurs supporters. Everyone's moaning about Wembley. Yeah, we've all had enough of it, but go to Wembley, get behind the team. We have been going every game. Or I know we weren't there at the weekend, but we would. Well, I was you there, know, yeah. We, but we know, don't want to travel to Wembley, do we? No, we no. But, but, but weekend, I think it's but... pretty. I mean, that Watford game, I know it was cold and that, but you know, 30,000, for Christ's sake, come on, but come I, and I get do, behind but, the team. I, yeah, I agree with that, but I do feel that a, a lot of responsibility needs to sit with the club. Oh, and ticket pricing, given yeah. the time of the year, because the Southampton home game was the same, it's 30,000, wasn't it? Yeah. Right, but that, that was right on top of Christmas and they're charging 35 quid for yes. Southampton at home and it's the same for yeah. Watford so yeah. I do agree with 30 you 30 quid for the low tier 20 for the upper if it's well I do, I do agree with you in terms of you know like people should be going but for some people you know Wembley might not especially night games yeah. be realistic for them and I just I just hope I know we're going to come on to it but I just hope 
on Wednesday. There's a really, really, you know, a 75,000 plus crowd there. It's I think there will be. Well, Dortmund's going to be a ta- a, another tasty game. I mean, can't the, wait. the group stage game, which me and you were at, Sam, last mm. season, was one of the best, that's one of the highest quality games I've been at for ages. Like, there's barely any Ever. mistakes in it. The atmosphere was incredible. I mean, they're flying Dortmund at the minute. They're top of um, the league in Germany. Mm. They did drop points at the weekend. Who was it? You fell apart to Hoffenheim. Hoffenheim. 3-0 up with 15 minutes to go and fell apart. Ended up 3 all. So 3 all. Um, Jaden Sancho is the young baller. English winger, the Absolute one they got baller. from City, who you know has been one of their star players this season. I mean, they're a good side. We only we played them just over a year ago, so we know what to expect. They know what to expect from us. I think it's going to be a really great game. I think it's going to be two sides that really try and win both legs. I can't imagine. You know how Juventus approached the game against us last year, where they're happy to sit back and play. Dortmund aren't going to do that. Dortmund I don't think go Dortmund, for us. Dortmund, I don't think Dortmund can do that. If you look at their defence, obviously you look at Juventus, they could do that against any team in yeah. the world. But I don't think Dortmund can, and I think it's great for as I know we're Spurs fans. We want us to get as far in the competition as possible. But the whole point of the Champions League is to see the best quality of football, Footies. and I think, like you say, Jay, it's going to bode well for anyone going on Wednesday night it's going to be a cracking game Yeah. what are your predictions for that I game? think it's going to be a very open game I think there'll be a lot of goals I really do I just think um, let's you know I think we're going to need to score three goals mm. I really do to, to take a lead there I, I really think we need three if we, goals if we could and I, I don't think we will clean if sheet. we could keep a clean sheet that's, that's massive because you know even if you, if you win 1-0 you can then go away and lose 2-1 and you get through um, I just but think, I, I, I think at this stage it's very rare you see clean sheets in the knockout games and because both the sides you've got to be top team to get the Champions League knockout I just think also you know we've had no favours again from the Premier League surely we should have been playing Saturday to have the extra day well, Dortmund played Friday yeah I know but, and, and yeah. often in Spain they, they have to I don't know if you may not have played in the Champions League this, this week you know? yeah they're playing tomorrow night they've oh well that's probably why they night. played uh, on, Liverpool on Saturday but yeah, they're, they're not playing, I don't think, until next but week. But you know what I mean, though? It's, it's, know, it's, it's, it, is, it is poor. But I think poor, part of that is that the Champions League, obviously, this season's BT Sport. Yeah. And the Premier League games were Sky Sport. So yeah. they're not going to work together, no, are they? I just to... think as a, as a league, you know, we should be looking yeah, and at uh, helping I, us out. I agree you with know. you. From Sky's point of view, it's a case of where can we put the games on to get the most viewing figures. Yeah. They, don't, they honestly do not yeah. care. They would have known that we could put... Spurs on Friday night let much less people are going to watch it but it helps things they don't care about no, that no, stuff no, they just no, want, no. want their viewing figures unfortunately um, so predictions then for the Dortmund game I think we're going to win 3-2 on the night and we are going to get through overall Sam I really don't know um, I think that I think Dortmund are a good attacking team but I think if you actually break down their team it's not as good as what you think it is so I, I, I think there'll be goals I, I think it'll be a narrow win I couldn't say by what but I think we'll narrowly win I think it'll be all to play for when we go out to Dortmund I think it will be a for a neutral the perfect scoreline I think we'll win 2-1 yeah yeah. also going to say I think the Champions League will play a part in the championship race like mm. for the title I don't think it'll affect us whatever happens to us but if the other teams get through the, both the Manchester clubs and Liverpool get through they're going to end up playing each other at some point. Imagine so City, if you get, Liverpool. You, could get, City, you yeah. could get City, Liverpool like you had last year, where you know Liverpool, I think, won something like 5-1, and it was a total yeah. 
there's no way it was a fight but you could get a Manchester derby you could get United against Liverpool and that could just I think United against Liverpool say that was a quarter final Champions League I think that could just take minds Liverpool minds Mm. off of titles and things like that and I think that could be a distraction that could help us whereas with us if if we when we get through because I think we will um um, if we drew, drew United, City or Liverpool, if they all got through, I don't think it would make that much to us. But I think with them, all the three northern clubs, it would. I think that the biggest side that it would have a negative impact on would be Liverpool. Yes. Because I think the city squad is good enough. They can play their reserve yeah. team in the Premier League and pretty much every one of their reserve team players would start anywhere else. Whereas Liverpool, yeah. they've got a great squad this yeah. season, but not you, not, they're just not quite on the same level, those second-tier no, players that come in. And also, I just want to make this point, um, you know, Tottenham, you know, if you, if you live in London, if you don't watch Tottenham in the Champions League, you've got to drive 200 miles to see it. Mm. There you go. Just a quick one. Do you want it? Let's say Spurs can't win the title, right? It says between City and Liverpool. Who would you want to win it? City. Who would you want to win it? City. Yeah. Can't stand the, the, the hatred of Liverpool is like nothing I've ever seen, it's, which I just find amazing. Right. It's time now for the We Are Tottenham Hotspur quiz. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. So, for anybody that doesn't know this feature of the show, I will give you a game um, that Spurs have played in, and I will name you about half of that starting lineup, and you need to guess the other half. I'm right. Now, this this, um, this feature is always um, a historic game yeah. for Spurs versus our next opponent. So, it is Spurs versus Dortmund. Yeah. So it's a, a fairly recent one. Um, but we're going to have a few more twists to the to the feature this week. So the first one, so this is Tottenham against Dortmund, the 3-1 game in the group stage last year. Hang on. So the first f- thing you need to work out is what formation we played that night. That's the first question. See if you can get that. Can you remember? A normal 4-2-3-1. Wasn't a 4-2-3-1. Uh, what are you thinking, Sam? I know Sam was playing... Some was so that that that. Uh, did we play with wing backs? We did play with wing backs. So we played five three two in the game last so, year. Okay. So direct. Let's so goalkeeper was Hugo Lloris. Yeah. I'm not gonna make yeah, another yeah, scene yeah. out. You need to get the right wing back is a question mark. We'll come on to these at the end. Yeah. First centre half was Sanchez. Yeah. Second centre half was Alderweireld. Yeah. Third centre half was Vertonghen. Yeah. Left wing back was a question mark. Three central midfielders. Yeah. Christian Eriksen is the yeah. first one. The other two are both question marks. Yeah. You might want to just put question marks down yeah, to you know, yeah, you've yeah, got yeah, to get yeah, two yeah. centre midfielders. And then up front was Kane and then a question mark. Let's have a look. So you need to get the two wing backs. Two centre midfielders and then the strike partner of Kane. This was the three-one um, group when game. We went group yes. game. So what? What? Because this is fairly recent. What I want you to do is decide between you the one, two, three, four, five players that you're going to go for, and like submit it in one go. And let's see if you can okay. get them all so right. You in think one they're go. what the wing backs are? Yeah. So, yeah, so for everyone so. listening, what, who, I, what are you thinking with the wing backs? So Dad, you've wrote these down straight away. Yeah, I, I I don't think the Rose played. I think the Davis played, and I think 
Serge played at um, right, right, right back. And we've got Sun up front with Kane. Um, and then well, Ali wasn't playing, was he? Because he was suspended from the season before. So the other two midfielders, we've got that's that they're the two we've got to get. What so, you what are you thinking? Probably Lamella, possibly. Uh, my immediate... Eric Dyer. Eric Dyer must have been in that team. Wasn't wasn't Musa playing in that game? I want you to give me all five answers and we'll see. Okay, go on, go on, Dad. Write down what you think. So you what you, so you've written Dyer down there as one that you think, and then your other and you one. You think Lamella? What do you think, Sam? Are you agreed on the wing backs? Uh, Can you remember? It was just that Serge played, you know, he I think, most I of think, them I think Aurea did play because I think we were there and he was putting in quite a few rash challenges <laughs> during the first Sounds, sounds like Serge Aurea. Um, so, yeah, I'll go, I'll go with the same fullbacks. I'd, I'd be surprised if Dembele was fit, I'd be surprised if he was playing, but I can't remember if he was injured or not. During that, so who are you going to go? For? So what? What are your five players? Who are you going to go for? with? That, yeah. So we'll go with Ori and Davis. We'll go Dyer and Dembele, and then Sam. So I'll tell you, your right wing back is correct. It was okay. Serge Aurier. Your left wing back, you said Ben Davis, mm. was correct. Mm. Your centre forward, you mm. said was Sun, was correct. <laughs> your two central midfielders, Eric Dyer, yeah, was correct. And in the last one, you were debating on whether or not it was Dembele or, or whether or not it was Lamella. yeah. And Sam, you said it was Dembele. I said it was Dembele. Dad thought it was Lamella, yeah. But and, we went with Dembele. And it was Moussa Dembele. Was it? Playing yeah, in that. It so there you go. So we played 5 3 2. So it was Hugo and Goal. Aurier, Alderweireld, Sanchez, Vertonghen, Davis, Eriksen, Dembele, Dyer, Son, and then Kane. Actually got one right. Now, bonus. Bonus round. Subs, probably. No, not subs. It was 3 1 that game. Yeah. yeah. The goal scorers in that game were Sun and Kane got two, and Yarmolenko scored for Dortmund. Okay. Well so, deep. what we'll do now is I want you to see if you can tell me what minute those goals were scored in, and we'll, whoever's closest gets the point. Right, so, well, so, you're, so, you're against each other. Right, okay. So, so, the first goal in that game was scored by Sun. So, Sam, you go first for the first one. So what minute do you think the sun goal was? I'm going to say five. Five, okay. I, I was going to say eight. And you were going to say eight. Because we, we went one minute up and then they equalised, didn't So we? it was actually in the fourth minute <laughs> of that game. Oh, well so that's one nil to Sam there. The second goal in that game was Yarmolenko for Dortmund equalised. You're going to go first on this one. So Not what minute after. did Yarmolenko score? 12. 12? What are you going for? I don't know why. I think it's 11. <laughs> it's 11. He's oh, got it well bang done. on. He's got well it bang done. on. Well two done. Two from two. There we go. Well okay, done. So that was 1-1. One, one. Then the next goal, which put Spurs 2-1 up, was scored by Harry Kane. For Sam, you're going first. I what minute was that? It wasn't that long afterwards either. Because it was 3-1. I'm going to say... Around 20. 20. What are you going to say? I'll go 26 then. 26. Sam, you're closest. It was actually 15. It, what, it was wow. 15th it was, minute. Because I remember turning to you 15 minutes in thinking, we, have, we haven't touched the ball, but we're winning. Yeah. 
Um, so Sun on four, Yarmolenko on 11, Kane on 15. Kane then got the third in this game. Um, so you'll go first on this one. So what minute was Kane's second goal on our third? Second half. Um, Maybe it wasn't. I'm going to say it's around 70 minutes. 70? What are you going to go with? Considering I was in Italy, I weren't at this game. Yeah. I'm doing quite well here. I think it was earlier than that. 60. 60? Bang on. <laughs> oh, no. Bang on. Do, so you've got you've got Sun on five. five. So you're a minute out there. Yarmolenko, bang on. What did you say for Kane? It's only a couple of minutes. I said 20. I said 20. 20. So that is pretty good. Pretty good. Don't you? I mean, it's an absolute route, that. And then, final question. Um, who got sent off in that game? Uh, and what minute was it? Sorry? Who got sent off in that what? game? And what minute was it? Incredible question. Tottenham player got sent off. Tottenham player got sent off. I had no recollection. I had absolutely no recollection for this. What game did Hugo get sent off in? In the Champions League last year? Or he was injured at the Do you want to have a stab in the dark? Yeah, yeah. Jan Vertonghen. Jan Vertonghen? Yeah, because it was. It was. Go on, can you remember? It was a, a really unfair second yellow. Yes. It was It was one of them ones where he was running to get the ball, Dortmund player was running to get the ball, he's won it, but from the ref's angle, looked like he'd followed for him to come out again with a second yellow for it. It was well, well out of yeah. order. It's always very eccentric so refereeing. From the BBC Europe. match report, it says, the home side ended the game with 10 men as Tottenham defender Jan Vertonghen was shown a second yellow card for catching Dortmund substitute Mario Goetze with a swinging arm. So there you oh, go. Yeah, oh. There you go. It was a strange one. So Sam, there's some top answers in there. Really, really good. Um, a couple of listener questions to finish. So the first one is from um, friend of the show, Giles Edwards. Question for tonight's show. If you could switch our scoreline with cities at the weekend, would you? I.e., we beat Leicester 6-0 and they beat Chelsea 3-1. He said, personally, I wouldn't. No, I'd leave it how it was. Sam, um, what do you think? No, I'd, I'd leave it out. I can't it's stand the Chelsea, Chelsea humiliation. Yeah, um, and then Roger Booth on Twitter uh, got in touch last week and said, Great, yeah. "Guys, if it wasn't for Ledley's injury problems, how far do you think he could have gone? Would he have stayed with us, or could he have played for one of the top clubs? What do you think?" I think he would have stayed with us because I think he's top and through and through. He could have played for one of the top clubs. Of course, he could have done. He could have ended up maybe going playing in Spain for one of the top two. Is that good? Mm. Is that good? I think he potentially could have ended up at Man United. I could, oh, seen, so. I could have seen that as well because that was the England partnership that could have won us. Mm. Like I, I know John Terry's a scumbag, but he he was a good good leader for Chelsea. But I think if Ledley was fit, playing alongside Rio Ferdinand, that would have been yeah. unbelievable. And Ledley never struck me as somebody that you would necessarily see playing abroad. Mm. You know, he's a quite a homebody. He? he is a bit like of a, Kane. He is not, yeah. not flash, was he, or anything not flash, or no. like that? Um, the shopping Sainsbury's. He does. I met him, didn't I, last? The last year in Sainsbury's in local, local, which was Sainsbury's, fantastic. Yeah, yeah. It was absolutely brilliant. Um, what a nice right. guy. Um, so there you go. Thanks, Roger, for the questions Great there. Question. Um, and that's it for this week. You know, Massive game Wednesday night yeah, at Wembley. No Premier League game at the weekend, um, but we will still be podding next week. We'll just be doing a bit of a retro show. So um, thanks for joining. Thanks for listening, everyone. Okay. And remember, whatever happens, future's bright, future's lily white. Come on, you Spurs. I always thought there was very, very many people interested in football, and I always thought that football was a very important game, but I never realized until today just how important it is. 
Whether the Wonder Boys of White Hart Lane are or are not the team of the century can't possibly be more than a matter of opinion. Well, they're the finest team in Great Britain and one of the best in the world. We are about the glory of the game. We are about playing with style. We are Tottenham Hotspur. The curve of the ball, the billow of the net, the beating of the trap and the picking of the lock, the swiftness of thought, the lightness of touch. We are Ginola, Greaves, Klinsman. We are the collective gasp, the intake of breath, the flick, the trick, the 30-yard free kick. We are Hoddle, Mabbott and King. We are the lob, the chip, the dummy and the volley. We are the hat trick, the scissor kick. We are Bill Nick. That is schoolboy's own stuff. We are the outside of the boot, the inside of the net, and those seconds that last forever. Van der Vaart to level it up. Raphael van der Vaart, 2-2! It's quite a game, isn't it always? We are Jennings, Defoe and Perryman. Glory past, glory future. What was, what is, what's next? We are Blanchflower, Ardelis and Bale. We are about winning with a flourish. We are about winning with style. We are about the glory of the game. Daring to try, daring to risk, daring to dream. To dare is to do.